My name is Drew Joyner, and you're listening to the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others by talking about sustainability, art, fashion, and culture. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoy creating it. Art is all around us. Last week, I was canvassing Denver, and I ran to artist and creative Sky Welkin. Sky was hosting an art show in Denver, and I was immediately impressed and drawn to his art and style. Um, on today's episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast, allow me to introduce you to artist Sky Wilkin. Sky, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks a lot for having me on this podcast. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing great, as great as I can be. You know, 2020 has been a a whirlwind of a year. Um, honestly, when I went out in Denver, it was probably my first time, you know, really walking around the city like, like that in a while, just with all the things that have been going on. And I'm, I'm, I feel extremely blessed to have found out about you, found out about your work, man. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thank you. Yeah. I was glad, uh, you know what I'm saying? That met you as well and to have you had come in, you know what I mean? Like just, the. Just the circumstance of me setting up there with not having much of a presence in Denver at all and then meeting somebody like yourself that's ambitious and very into the arts and artists as well, you know, and give me this opportunity to share my creativity and what it is I do on, on your platform, you know, I think that's also a blessing. So I'm glad you decided to go out that day and take that show and meet me, man. That was awesome. <laughs> me too, me too. All right, man, let's jump right into it. My favorite question, the question I always start out with is, you know, Sky, what is your background? Where are you from? And, and what was it like for you growing up as a kid? No doubt. Um, my background is, uh, uh, first and foremost, I consider myself just a, a visual artist, I'll say. Um, multidisciplinary, as in I like to just indulge in different mediums. But it's mostly mostly 2D, you know. I'm keeping it short. In a nutshell, I'm an illustrator at most. But I like to think I do a lot more outside of that. Um, I'm from Virginia, mostly, and I say mostly because I had a multicultural upbringing in that um, I lived in Athens, Greece, Panama City, Panama, and Chiang Mai, Thailand Wow! as a child. Wow. So I, yeah, so I spent about, uh, I probably spent about seven and a half years, maybe eight years, you know, at the most, you know, of my childhood overseas abroad. And... Um, and uh, that's due to my parents being government employees working for the State Department. So I was always on like a military base or um, some type of like American community compound, you know, while my parents were working at various embassies overseas. So that was mostly my uh, childhood upbringing right there. And um, naturally, when you are in those countries, you know, you're exposed to their cultures, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, so right. it's very cool uh, to be a child. In retrospect, you just realize I was soaking in various ways of life, various ways of creating art, various ways of religion and living day to day, you know, and uh, definitely, I think that had an impact in my decision and I guess becoming a creative and artist. And uh, fast forward, I came back to Virginia where I was born, but not necessarily raised. What's the time frame on this, guy? So are you talking about, you know, are you talking about like from age one to to age 10, you were you were kind of moving around all over the place or like, you know, I'm, I'm curious. Right, right, right. So let's see, I'm trying to work backwards. That's the easiest way to do the math in my head. So <laughs> I sure. want to say 
and I and I know this all by the, where the birthdays were celebrated. <laughs> right, um, right. Um. All right, so I want to say I moved to Athens, Greece, at the age of four, and I lived there for four years. Wow. Yeah. Very and young. so it's like I'm being um, so I was born in Fairfax, Virginia. Both of my parents are from the seven five seven area of uh, of VA. Um, that's the Tidewater, Norfolk, of the seven cities. Um, a lot of people from that East Coast like know what that entails. The seven cities, a very popular and very powerful area. A lot of folks from there, like you know Missy Elliott, Iverson, Michael sure. Vick, yep. Pharrell, and Chad Hugo. Like Virginians are very proud of the guy of those that made it from VA. Um, yeah. Well, my parents are from that area, so it's like I moved to Greece, but I'm spending my Christmases like in Norfolk, Virginia, or like in oh, somewhere wow. in the Tidewater area where my parents are. Wow. Okay. Wow. But that that was I. Mostly, it's, usually it's the other way around. Like usually, you're from like a American city or state when you're an American kid, and you're going to one of these countries for a summer vacation. Yeah. But exactly. But now I was going, going to VA for my summer vacations. So, so uh, lived there for four. Yeah, at age of four. Um, so I stayed in Greece for four years, Athens, Greece, and then right after Athens, Greece, my parents made the decision to go to Panama, and so I didn't get to touch down the states per se. Like it's. Four years in Europe, in Greece, and then I'm going to Panama City, Panama, and immediately right after that. Wow. With no, you know, taking vacations in U.S. from, you know, twice a year or once a year, but... Definitely. So that was that. Definitely, um, I, definitely. I, I come to middle school after Panama uh, for, I think it's like maybe sixth grade, sixth and seventh grade. And after that, I'm going to Thailand. Um, so it was kind of weird, you know, you're like, I don't want to move. I just like made friends and kind of got connected and, wow. you know, quite friendly started feeling, I guess, American for the most part. Cause you know, you, I think I had questions about like identity. Um, of course, of course. Yeah, you know, I think most people when you're like, maybe like a teenager, you try to figure out like your code, like, who am I? You know what I mean? But I was kind of thinking about that when I was like younger in inter- international school and I see all these kids, like none of them look like me, but yet. Um, demographically speaking, none of them were the same. So yeah, that's yeah. very that's very interesting, and I feel like I could just divulge into all of your you know all your stops because I I know it had a profound effect on you on your in your entire upbringing. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do want to kind of ask you in terms of the art is you know having all these experiences, being in all these different places as as a as a young man as as a kid basically you know how. You know, or when did you, you know, first become interested in, in art and creating? What what, what location was? It? I mean, that, that that's a, that's another question. Like, where were you when you started kind of getting interested into to art and creating? Uh, I want to say I got into creating when I was in when I was probably in Panama when I was like maybe eight or nine. I didn't really indulge into it, but I just knew that I really enjoyed. Um, I think that's around the time I realized I kind of, I felt like I had a, a, an imagination on me, you know what I mean? Like where I could, yeah. I was really into like, you know, I had like a lot of action figures. So I was the kind of kid, like if you left me alone in my room, my action figures, I had a full blown like battle scene, like played <laughs> off. It was just very vivid. It, was no more, it wasn't just like kick this guy and this guy falls like, no, like, he was dead over there. He's not really dead. Someone's supposed to go over there and resurrect him and help him out. He's gonna come back. Like, I had it all planned out, and I was also. Awesome. And I got in trouble a lot for doodling on a lot of like my homework, like on the back of a worksheet. Yeah, I would just draw things. And I sat beside a kid. I was always attracted to other creative kids, 
that could draw. And at the time, I couldn't draw. So when I saw a kid at the time, uh, Sega Genesis, Sonic the Hedgehog was really, like, really popping. Yeah. So I saw a kid in a, my class. Uh, he knew how to draw Sonic really well. And I was like, yeah, how do you draw Sonic? And I remember him. And now that I think about it, it was really kind of impressive how he did it. But he kind of gave me a step-by-step tutorial on how to draw Sonic. Wow. He was like, all right, start with his mouse first. They add a circle for his nose, do these two triangles for his eyes, and then next you know, I was drawing Sonic like it was nothing. And Every I was just day. like, wow, man. Like, wow. this came from just learning my pencil. But yeah. I got in a lot of trouble for doodling on my homework. I mean, not a lot, but it was just kind of like, you know, somewhat scolded, you know? For sure. So that, uh, and then of course, I wasn't really like, I'm not trying to paint my parents in like a negative like light or anything, but it wasn't really like encouraged where like, instead of drawing on your homework, why don't you draw here and do art this way? And here's like pencils and colored pencils. Like yeah. that didn't really happen per se. Not that yeah. my parents didn't want it to, you know, but it just didn't go that way. So I kind of like just tabled it, you know, table drawing, but still felt like I was creative in other ways. But definitely to answer your question though, um, Thailand. Thailand, Thailand was very crucial because I went to, uh, I was at a private school in Thailand, which is very unique in terms of they had a, a, a Photoshop class and like creative class, like digital creative class. And this was when I was in middle school. I was like eighth grade. Wow. And I was like, oh, and I was just kind of, my mind was kind of blown slowly but surely. And there's a lot of bootlegging that happens in Thailand. Thailand's kind of known for like knockoffs, if yeah. you will. And that extends not to just like fake Louis Vuitton wallets and things like that, but also the software. Wow. And my dad... While he, you know, my, while my parents didn't, you know, hit me to, you know, drawing back when I was nine years old in Panama for drawing my homework, reverse, my dad did hit me to Photoshop. And when he was at this super bootleg place in Chiang Mai, Thailand called Computer Plaza, he had like a knockoff of Adobe Photoshop. Matter no fact, way. No way. This is probably incriminating, but I don't really care. This is this is it actually. Oh wow! I keep at the keep there. This is like a bootleg CD-ROM of Adobe Photoshop 7.0. <laughs> no way! And this is yeah. So this is like great. Like this is the disc. Wow. Pretty that's cool. the disc. So that is like you know that that's really put me on. And so the internet wasn't what what it was back then, like it is now. So I would just go to various images like Yahoo Images and whatnot. I find like oh here's just cool like. Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider poster. Let me just like download this on my desktop, open it in Photoshop, and just change the colors around. And, just, and that just really blew my mind. And then when I went to class in Thailand, that kind of exposed me to Photoshop as an actual like computer intro to computers course. Right. That I was in. Uh, you know, the teacher was really cool. Nonch- While he was like, you know, casually, nonchalantly talking about Photoshop and what it could do when people actually use and get paid for it. My mind was like low key, just kind of blown. I'm like, man, people get paid to be creative. Like I can do that for my job. So, yeah, that's a really interesting and, point too. Yeah, that was like a very small seed that kind of planted. And then when I would go to like the, you know, night bazaars and night markets that had like a lot of bootleg graphic tees and cool things, I would just like be looking at it and thinking like, how was that made? Or that was probably made in Photoshop or they had to get printed on. So I think a lot of those gears started turning at that age. Definitely. And, um, Definitely. I think that just fast forward, I came back to U.S. for high school around like my sophomore year. Um, there was an intro to visual communications course, which is like a more advanced computer course that I took when I was in Thailand. And I just kind of knew specifically before even becoming an illustrator, which I consider myself today, I just knew that like, all right, I know my path is going to be definitely um, creativity. 
That's that's awesome. And I think you touched on a really interesting point too with the kid the kid in your class who taught you how to, to draw Sonic and then kind of these I wouldn't call them unconventional because you did have classes and whatnot you took, but some some of them were unconditional initially in the ways in which you learn how to, to do the dis- different digital programs and also obviously the the Sonic story is how you basically learn how to you know hand draw or hand do something. I kind of see that in your style, like in terms of like what I when I look at your style, I, I see an illustration that is a little bit off the cuff, but you know still very very authentic and beautiful in its own way. Something that I like I said I'm drawn to as you know someone who's been introduced to pop culture and streetwear and things like that. Um, for for those who don't know you, Sky, how would you describe your art style? I would say. Uh... I would say cartoonist like, you know, um, it's funny. I've been in some artists creative circles when I've said that I think other artists are kind of like that are more like painters and whatnot. We're kind of like, Oh no, not cartooning. You're like, you're an illustrator. But I think cartoonists like in like, I think fine art worlds, but the world of fine art and mainstream art markets, if you will, right. I think a cart senior cartoonist or you do a lot of cartooning from my personal experience has always kind of gotten like sort of like a, I don't know from reaction. I think it's got sort of like a bad rap, but I say because I feel like it's kind of accurate. And a lot of my favorite artists, I think, are cartoonists in a way. So definitely, I, I would tell somebody it's whimsical and kind of you know kind of jovial. Um, it's sort of cartoon like with my characters. Definitely, I mean, they're original. I mean, unique characters. They're drawn with a a black outline around them, just like any cartoon character you'd see in two D animation or in a newspaper or like a manga or a comic strip. You know. Yeah. So I probably say that to describe it. It, it, it's mostly that, but not solely that. You know, um, I will do some things with like collaging, uh, which I had at the pop up, and I will do some, you know, uh, paintings of just silhouettes of my characters, if you will, just for the sake of composition. You know. Definitely. So yeah, that's probably how I describe it. You know, illustrative, cartoonist, um, very whimsical. Definitely, definitely. And this is kind of an off the cuff question, which I'm personally interested by. But, you know, what is your process when you kind of go into creating some of the things that you created in the pop up? Um, like, how do you where do you start? Like, do you have an idea or do you have a concept in mind that you that you work off of? Um, is it something that, you know, where you see something out in public and you're like, that would be interesting if I put my own twist on it? You know, how do you as an illustrator, as a creative, as an artist, you know, formulate or bring forth you know, your artistic, um, you know, implant or your artistic individuality, you know, to mm-hmm. the forefront, right? Right. Now, good question. Um, I think for myself, yeah, I think it's just, uh, um, I, I think it's really just uh, trying to find a way that I can express myself however I feel and see fit at the time and I think in order for me to do that I realized I need to come up with uh, a theme if you will so while my alias is Skywalking you know I humbly think of Skywalking as a theme and that's the theme of like these clouds with the characters I call the weebies the weebies um, the clouds and whatnot and yeah, so I feel like it's a theme. It's a theme that, and it's a theme and concept, if you will, that I can, I want to create a concept and theme so that way if I want to express myself specifically, I know I can do that through 
a comic strip or through a cartoon. Yeah. Like if I let's say feel like Black Lives Matter, I can draw my weebies like squatted up in a group and have one say Black Lives Matter, then boom, that's the statement. Yeah. Definitely. But if I want to be more abstract with it, and let me, and like let's say I want to like you know look at some colors and color palettes and be more atmospheric and abstract, and that's when I'll start working with my you know um, my iconography, if you will, which is like my sky tag the leaves, the clouds, and mm-hmm. I can then be, you know, really abstract that way, that way I can give, like, hopefully the viewer an atmosphere to absorb into. And I think it's all related because when you look at, let's say, that abstract or atmospheric piece, while it might not be a cartoon, per se, or it might not be a scenic, if you will, it still translates to the cartoon beside it in the gallery because you still might see the silhouettes in the abstract piece, you might see them more defined in the cartoon. While you might see the silhouette of a leaf floating in air, you see the leaves coming out of my weebies. So I think through those visuals, it's still relative. Definitely. So I think in that way, it's like, all right, well, that kind of puts me as like the driver, if you will. And I think in a very mild and, I hope this doesn't come off like egotistical, but in a humbling way, it kind of allows me to sort of play God with my concept. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, well, I confidently feel like if I have, let's say I have my final, let's say I have my 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 core audience of five thousand people finalized. I know these people have been with me since day one, and mm-hmm. possibly even later, and they've seen Weeby's cartoons, they've seen this. I think they might be ready for me to do a, a, a exhibit, if you will, with just abstract work only yeah or actually if i do like you know i have like you know 20 different comic strips it's like you know i feel like with the art so powerful and so transcendent i don't have to leave those comic strips just pen and paper on bristol board like why not paint these yeah i have these 36 by 24 inch painting panels side by side so when people come in the gallery they're having a comedy experience it's just not in 2d and black and white in your hands but something you get to stand back six feet from and really indulge in in that kind of way. So I think that's that's kind of how I work as a creative. And that's just how I personally view my work. And I have a wide variety of interests, you know. So I think I made sure I created something for myself that I can express myself in a wide variety of ways. Definitely. definitely. I know it was a long-winded answer. but No, it's great. That's in, that's in, a, in a nutshell. I mean, I say nutshell. That's basically what it is, you know. Like how for sure. I like to work and how I approach my work. Definitely. And I think that question is important to you know, as a creative to answer that question, because I, you know, you know, I ask myself that question all the time, like, what, what is my source of what was my starting point? And what is my end goal with something, you know, having those thoughts in my head and understanding kind of a direction in which I create in or having a having an idea of basically, you know, a foundation of what I think my art or my creations will be is, is such a powerful i think thing for any artist because i think in order to, to have a, to get somewhere you have to have a, des- a destination i mean you can't just sh- you know pull an arrow back and, and shoot into the air and hope it's going to hit something you have to kind of know exactly you know where you start how you start your process and, and how it ends up affecting how it ends up affecting the final product which i think i'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I, I also want to quickly say that you know, I mean, I kind of skimmed over going from childhood and then we started talking about, um, you know, how do I approach my work? You know what I mean? And plan for artwork and whatnot. But I also want to say, like, I I knew when I made the decision in college that when I wanted to do this route, I took the time to ask myself those questions that you said you asked yourself, you know? Yeah. 
Like I made sure I realized, well, who am I? What do I like? You know, like what what like what skill set do I have? Like how do I want to express myself? Like mediums. What is it that I enjoy? And I, I made sure I truly figured that first. So I kind of gave myself that assignment, if you will, to make sure I could answer those questions fully before I really even started developing. I didn't develop my work and then realize this is not me and then quit. Let me try doing it this way. That's not me. Like right. I figured out who I was first and foremost. And that I think when I did that and got that really solid, you know, I think that's when it allowed me to kind of chew pretty um, I don't want to say easily, but it it kind of allowed me to sort of have a handle on my creation and how I go about expressing. Definitely, definitely. Kind of segueing onto the next question, which is, you know, artists that you're a fan of. Are are there other artists you kind of mentioned that you have you are a fan of some, but are there any artists that you can think of on the top of your head that you know you're a fan of, that you enjoy looking at their art, or you're like, damn, how do they do that? Or, That's awesome. Those those kind of moments for you with other artists. For sure. Um... There's a lot of artists, um, you know, I think. I, I think there's a handful of artists, like, definitely locally in Colorado that makes work that are interesting. Um, one illustrator, I think he goes by Rumtum, R-U-M-T-U-M, uh, Rumtum, Rumtum Art. It's very illustrative and sort of sort of trippy. It's like, uh, lots of themes of, uh, lots of floral themes and, you know, he might have something like flowers coming out of like a cave and then going into like a skull or something like that. I don't know. It's just very, uh, I, I like art that my eye can, I think there's two kinds of art. I mean, I like I, art that my eye can really indulge in and take time to really just kind of explore and navigate. I have a lot of movement in it. Right. There's that. Uh, Rum Tum is a dope artist that allows for that. Um, there's an artist named uh, Mariah. She goes by Mo Graham. Um, M-O-G-R-A-M I think or M-O-E-G-R-A-M uh, very creative she's participating in the Crush Walls Art Festival yep. um, this, this year which is going on now Yep. I think you can see a mural too from her there um, on a broader scale uh, mainstream wise I think I in the popular I spoke to you about Futura 2000 or Futura yep you did yep <laughs> uh, and, like, every artist has like you know their favorite or like who the quote unquote goat is and to me he's the goat and I could give you like a 10 hour lecture as to why I feel that is. <laughs> he's just like the, the dude, he's such an OG. Like, uh, he was in pop-ups with the uh, art shows with like, you know, Basquiat and Warhol and, oh, wow, and yeah. uh, Keith, Keith, uh, Keith Haring back in the day. So he's from like that, he's cut from that cloth and from that, that, that generation, that class. And to see him still be a part of like off wall, off white fashion shows and still do collaborations with like brands that are as uh you know, as uh you know brands as big as like supreme and whatnot like he gets all these gigs and opportunities because he's like paid all his dues and his art's very unique and he has some figures some cartoon like figures in there too called uh i think he calls his character the point and point man and you can see point man's alien like uh character in there too and uh yeah yeah it's just probably like my favorite my favorite artist definitely definitely um, and then there's uh james jarvis he's a british uh cartoonist from London. He has his uh I don't know if his character has a name, but there's like these little like circle, these sphere guys. And he put out this book called Spheric Dialogues. And like my characters, you see his characters kind of engage in this kind of whimsical philosophical conversations. And it's it's so kind of it's so funny, but it's still very poignant and still very interesting. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah, those are probably some of the main artists right there. I got Eight or eight or nine more I could rattle off. He, Hebrew Brantley, 
a black artist from Chicago. Um, he's really popping right now. He's got a lot of things going on. I met him at a pop up two years ago that I was at. I mean, at his pop up two years ago in Chicago. And he's really, really dope doing big things for the city of Chicago and kind of putting on for a lot of black black artists. And there's this artist in the UK, I think he's from the UK, named Mr. Jago or Jago, J-A-G-O. J-A-G-O. Um, he's dope too. And his is just very abstract and very painterly. And he can sometimes draw like these monster-like creatures, but he paints it so in such a painterly style that you never see the 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 figures in focus. Interesting. So it's always like, a, in layman's term, a vibe with him. All his paintings <laughs> are just vibes. Definitely. So I like them as well. So. Definitely. I can't wait to, to after the podcast is done, get, do some, some Instagram searches, man, because I love discovering. I think a lot of people love discovering, you know, different artists, new artists that they haven't heard of. And I think that um, people get a lot of value from that list. I mean, it seems like um, you're, I mean, you're, you being a fan of them also probably... It definitely helps you as an artist as well. Probably look at things in a different way and um, perceive things um, differently. So you know, but how would you know? How would you describe the the pieces that you've been creating recently? Um, recently, uh, the most recent pieces, I would say, uh, I'll probably say more collage like. Can can I show a piece on here? No, it won't be shown if you show it, but I can, I can make sure to, to show it, you know, we will highlight you in a series of posts on the, on the okay. Instagram. So I can right, yeah, make sure to... that, that works too. Um, and if they, you know, go, if whoever is, uh, you know, whoever's listening, you know, follows up with me, goes to my website, you'll see it there. But my most recent work has been kind of a collage style of work, if you will. I've really been embracing, um, you know, I still embrace drawing and doing t- 2D work, but I realize I don't, it doesn't have to be as uh, stagnant in terms of like, it doesn't have to just be like my pen and ink or marker on paper or pen and ink on paper. Like I can kind of get, you know, I guess funky if with the paper, if you will. And I think collage allows me to do that. <laughs> it's funky. And it, oddly, it was, it was really cool. It was really cool to be able to like paint an illustration or paint some clouds or paint my characters and then kind of tear the paper up and then kind of juxtapose certain scenes or certain quips by my characters with, uh, um, other arts, you know what I mean? And kind of Definitely. recreate a new piece Definitely. by tearing down other pieces. So I did a series called Torn um, that released, that came out, I think, August, August 5th. And uh, that's basically what you'll see on the website too. Um, um, yeah, a lot of collage work and whatnot. It's been a very fun way to kind of express my, myself. Instead of always doing like narrative work or just you know, sort of the atmosphere, abstract work for composition's sake, you know, it's kind of cool to kind of, that's what happens, you know, kind of answer the question, what happens if I add these, uh, the, these cartoons, like these jokes in with some of these, you know, uh, with some of these, you know, abstract more pieces that don't right. mean anything that is there. So, right. Torn, in my, yeah, collage series in my new work. I don't know how long I'll stick with it. Uh, I'll probably do it a couple more times, make some more pieces with it. But um, yeah, that's that's how I've been creating recently. And I've been still having fun with it. Absolutely. And that's kind of, that's the awesome thing about art is there's so many different ways to express yourself too that, I mean, you can have a lot of fun trying a lot of different new things. Um, yeah. This, this next question, Sky, I, I really, really want to hear your answer on this question because I think that, uh, I think dreams are really important you know, for any individual, 
Because I think uh, dreams, like kind of you alluded to before, they keep things playful. They keep things fun. They keep, you know, they keep things, you aspire to something, right? When you have a dream. Um, you know, what, what is one dream that you had that is associated with being an artist and illustrator, you know, all the artistic words wrapped into one? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Um, I think one, uh, I think it's, I think ultimately, like ultimately it's a, it'd be to be a self-sustaining artist, um, that has the opportunity to channel his work through a variety of mediums. That's probably the most direct way to answer that question. Yeah. I mean, to expand on a little bit, like, of course, I think about like getting my characters animated and what that would sound like. You know, um, my characters don't have mouths; they have eyes. So I feel like if it was ever like an animated series, you would essentially just kind of—I I say like kind of telepathic somewhat. So I'd like you, you'd hear their thoughts, right? You would tell which character is speaking by the gestures or the way like their leaves kind of are expressed. You know, you would tell their angry, angry right. for instance, the leaves are very sharp or pointy. If they were sad, their leaves would kind of droop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I think that'd be a cool way to do it. Um, I'm gonna always, you know, you know, uh, get you know teas printed and continue doing um, doing the brand Skywalk and Atelier. And I also wouldn't mind even venturing into like sculpture work. And I, I guess I just want to let my imagination run wild. So, yeah. You know, lending into various media mediums that inspired me. Like what would a virtual reality look like? If oh my would, gosh. Yeah. Put their phones up and see my character sitting in the chair across from them. You know what I mean? Or doing things like that. So. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that, you know, the, the animation and the sculpture thing is what I initially thought of before, you know, talking to you about it, because to me, I think your characters are, are, you know, from an animation standpoint would be amazing. They'd be so, so cool to um to see you know them animated in some form of way in a short story or um in a scenario or something i mean i think it'd be super dope and then the sculpture aspect of it i think also would be something that you know would be really really successful for the way that you you know create what you create and we'll make sure that that everyone on this podcast who's listening right now has an opportunity to see his work because um, I'm telling you, you know, you know, I, I personally love it, and and I'm, you know, I'm pretty specific on what I like, what I don't like, those kind of things, and I think that a lot of people will resonate with it, uh, especially those who just, you know, enjoy um, the cartoonish, or cartoonistic, or illustrations, or your 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 creative uh, background. It speaks for itself as as you've done, you know, this podcast. And 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 Sky, you know, where where can people find out more about you? It was a pleasure having you. You know, as a guest today, I think I think it's important to always, you know, drop the social media, drop the the website so people that don't know can find. Yeah, for sure. And uh, thanks again for having me in this podcast, man. Uh, like, uh, you know, when I met you, you said you do a podcast highlighting, you know, artists and creatives. Like I lit up because, you know, that's always been, you know, uh, sort of a goal of mine, you know, to find those opportunities to be able to express myself. And as long as it to be like a news uh, like a publication article or anything of that nature. So again, thank you, man. It's always uh, really, uh, of really reassuring in the journey and path when somebody tells you they appreciate your work and even act on it by giving you an opportunity. So I really appreciate that a lot, man. And uh, Absolutely. people can find me at uh, at skywelkin.com. That's S-K-Y-W-E-L-K-I-N.com. Um, Instagram is the same thing except there's the underscore so at sky sky underscore welkin and uh, Twitter um, 
not so much Archie stuff on Twitter. I'm usually tweeting about basketball and just like other things in pop culture. Mostly. You see the Nuggets? <laughs> wow, like, man, that was. Uh, anyway, yeah, I can't even get started on that because I won't shut up. That, that was very impressive. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, talk about that off camera. We'll talk about it off camera. <laughs> we'll talk about that off camera. <laughs> but uh, Twitter at sky s k y w e l e l k i n s k y w e l k i n. No underscore anything with Twitter, and then um. On all those, uh, on those two main social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, like in my bio, the website's there, and um, other uh, social media um, accounts are there as well. If you know if that took with your interest, those are the two primary ones. Sweet, sweet. We'll make sure to leave all. The, we will make sure to leave all that down below. Sky, it was a pleasure having you. Love your work, man. Continue to do what you do. Will do, man. Thanks again for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you gained some value from it. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.